What are you watching? What are you watching, Brian? What are you watching over there? Uh, I'm feeling weirdly attacked right now. Well, what are you watching? Just squeezing a little porn viewing before this pod rolls. Jesus. <laughs> I'm really glad that you said that on record because I'm going to put that before the title. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast. This is a weekly podcast for three brothers. Take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name's Tyler. Hey, you got Brian here. And Jeff. And the pause is back. Um, This week, we're going to talk about two superhero TV shows that are alternatives to the Marvel and DC onslaught that we've been facing. Um... Which one do we want to start with? Do we want to start with the Umbrella Academy or do we want to start with the boys? I say Umbrella Academy. All right. Let's start with the Umbrella Academy. Um, this is based on a comic book series uh, written by Gerard Way, the lead singer from My Chemical Romance and drawn by Gabriel Ba. I really loved the comic book series when it was coming out. I think it actually is because of the popularity of the show. It, they started producing more Um issues and volumes and uh i've not kept up with it but those first two i really loved um the first two seasons of this show actually sort of sort of follow the uh the comic book storylines in a way they've they changed them quite a bit but like they you know the second one follows them going back in time to stop the assassination of jfk very similar to the second season um I didn't read the third volume of uh, the Umbrella Academy, but apparently it's called Hotel Oblivion, which this series uh, dives into. Um, how did uh, how did you guys feel? Well, let's talk about how did you guys feel about the first two seasons of Umbrella Academy? Just a real quick kind of like, did you like them? Did you not like them? I I, I mentioned on pod that uh, I made it to the first episode of Umbrella Academy and realized in the first five seconds that I'd never actually finished the second season. Um so I, I, great. So you didn't. So I, it. I enjoyed what I saw. I was like, I damn, I could have sworn I remember watching it. And I went back and looked at the episodes. Like, okay, I was like, I made it like five or six episodes in and just never, never circled back. So, um, so we fast forwarded straight through that one. Um, but I watched season three and uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was comparing it almost directly to season one, and uh, I enjoyed. Uh, a lot of what I saw, right? It felt like interesting dynamics for a lot of the characters. I felt like we got a lot enough, a lot of time, which is to the characters. And when we're dealing with a really large cast that basically doubled this season, and at least in the first couple episodes before people start getting picked off, but um, it really uh, felt like we got a lot of time with each person, and I enjoyed that, so that we could really kind of compare them blow for blow to how they behaved in the previous seasons. And I actually enjoyed a lot of what I saw, which, which I thought was consistent writing and good character development. Brian, how did you feel? Um, I'm the opposite. Actually. I think it was kind of a slog. I, uh, I, I think season one, if I remember back, I haven't done a rewatch, uh, anytime soon, but um, or recently, but uh, season one, I seem to remember, just felt like like almost like a series of, of like Guardians of the Galaxy or something, where you just got like all these like this diverse cast of characters that are all like in this like melting pot of a show, and and like all these interesting things are happening, and it's kind of you know unique from everything else that you can compare it to. Um, season two, I seem to remember feeling more the way I feel right now, which is like I don't know like tons and tons and tons of dialogue or like side stories that don't really seem to be that relevant to anything. And, you know, like entire episodes spent kind of, I don't know, like it just kind of like feels like you're going around in circles a little bit. And then, you know, like I think it has redeeming qualities though. Like I seem to remember season two had a lot of really cool scenes of them doing like actual superhero shit. And then uh, this season, it felt like they did. Like, it was more of season two, in my opinion. And I, I kind of had a hard time getting through it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm going to do that thing I do. Um, like I said, the series was created by uh, Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba for the comics. Showrunner for the show is uh, Steve Blackman. Um, 
stars Elliot Page, Tom Hopper, David Castaneda, Emily Emmy, Raver Lamperman, Robert Sheehan, Aiden Gallagher, Justin Min, and uh, a lot of other people. I um, I think that the first two seasons of this series are pretty strong. Season one is just like you said, Brian. It's it it does have a very Guardians vibe. It's like kind of a bunch of people with superpowers or like uh, incredible abilities, but they're all kind of fucked up. They're not like superheroes in like the way that we think of a superhero. You know what I mean? Like they're not Captain America in any way. They're all like at various stages of arrested development because of how shitty their upbringing was, you know? Um, and so that first season is really strong. I think season two carries a lot of that strength over, but is a weaker season. And then season three, I feel like was just really messy and aimless. I felt like I didn't really understand what the overarching narrative was leading towards throughout the series. And it did just sort of feel like a bunch of people meandering through scenes and having conversations. Jeff, like you said, I do think that the writing in this series is very strong. And so the character development really came through in this season you really get to know the characters on a deeper level i felt like um but i just don't know if that worked to kind of the benefit of the overall story that they were trying to tell because i feel like they shortchanged the yep. mission a little bit because it just sort of was like i don't really understand how what they're doing right now like the resolution to the plot being yeah yeah resolved, I, I agree exactly. they, they went really hard with the plot where it was just like yep everything's erased and we're the only people left on earth for some fucking reason not a single one of us was targeted by that by that anomaly oh, but, so let's let's just go right into full spoilers for the umbrella academy and again just like last week full spoilers for anything ever including the boys which we'll try not to spoil until later but we might it might happen um so just be prepared for that um this series resolves revolves around the, this team just having to avert the apocalypse every time they stop an apocalypse from happening they just create a new apocalypse um which i think is very funny that they just keep they can't figure it out that's uh, you know that works for me um this season they've created a uh time paradox that is erasing the the universe um and they're trying to stop it and for the first half of the season they don't even know that the paradox exists yeah i was about to say that like it's funny that you mentioned that being the overarching problem they don't like all deep into episode five they're going what is that what's going on and i'm like yeah that's a problem found out in episode five and then by the end of episode five they think they found a way to contain it and I'm yeah. like, there's still five episodes left or six episodes left in this season. Yeah. Like, what are they talking it's like, about? Dude, what that's a happening? problem for me that like we're halfway through and there are main characters that are like, what's happening? Because like it's making it hard for me to care about it. You know what I mean? Like that they're like basically I'm like, what were the last like let me try to flash back to what the first five episodes were about. You know, each one of these is what, an hour long? Mm-hmm. So we've gone through five hours of content and the main characters don't even know what the main problem is. Yeah, the plot hasn't even really started rolling. Right. That That's like five hours that, in. That to yeah. me feels like I'm wasting my time a little bit because it's like, man, let's let's get to it here. Like I like I want good content and I want a lot of it, but like I'm having a hard time taking this threat seriously when you guys don't even know about it until halfway through the the arc. So I don't know. I, I had a hard time with that. Yeah, I agree. I, that's that's really my feelings on it. I mean, Jeff, you seem to be a little bit more positive on the show than Brian and I maybe are. So, yeah. did you, what did you think about the way that that? Plot I mean, my my out? biggest issue was how heavy they went with the plot once that went once it was revealed. Suddenly, it just like entire populations were just erased, and the only thing that was left in this anomaly existence is this one island that they happen to be on. The rest of the world's just gone, and it was like, okay. Do I genuinely believe that the writers of the show are going to end this with them being the last people alive? Like, no. Obviously, some thing is going to happen. Some deus ex machina is going to show up at the last second that allows them to resolve the problem. And sure enough, it did. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I... But it wasn't even a deus ex machina. They started setting up that there was something weird about the Hotel Oblivion from the beginning. We just didn't find out what was weird about the Hotel Oblivion until the last 10 minutes of this season. Which doesn't make sense to me. Like, I just, that was probably the most frustrating part of it. Like, once they, once we get to like episode eight, 
they the anomaly has wiped out the world they lost and there's still three episodes left and they like we still don't know what's going on with the hotel we like they're, they're not explaining it and they don't explain it until episode the last episode right. and i'm like i don't understand what like they're doing this mission where they're fighting the the sentinels or whatever they were calling the yeah, the, the, the samurai that were in the hotel the guardians yeah and he's like you got to find this sigil and they find the sigil and then they and he's like all right stand on it and i'm like I, why why does why is he standing on it like i don't understand why that means anything like i just don't get it <laughs> i didn't get it and at the end of last season they did a post credit scene where they they showed that hargreaves was an a- actually an alien right he like takes off his skin and he's an alien underneath they didn't do shit with that this season they didn't explain it and I'm like, why would you even set that up if you're not going to give us even a moment of it? You know, I don't, I just, I feel like this season really missed the mark on something that I was kind of excited to see, you know? And I felt like towards the end of it, I was forcing myself to watch it. And I'm going to be honest, I fell asleep a couple times in the last three episodes, like just like while watching it in the middle of the day, which I do not take naps. So something has to be pretty dull to put me to sleep. And, uh, I didn't even go back. I just like, I was just like, whatever. I'll just figure it out. I guess I just kept watching. I just woke up halfway through another episode and was like, okay, what what's happening now? It's not like they're explaining anything anyway. I probably just missed a bunch of people in a room talking about how they hate their dad. <laughs> yeah. This season really kind of missed the mark for me. Um, so I don't know. Does anyone have any points that they want to, they want to talk about? I got to be honest, man. I, I kept flashing every time I see one of the, uh, either the Sparrow Academy or the Umbrella Academy with more trivial powers. I flashed to the movie Sky High where there's people with kick-ass powers and then there's other people that can like glow in the dark or something. Yeah, sidekicks. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the sidekicks. And uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I know that things started to change over the course of the season, but Allison with the, uh, the I Heard a Rumor power, like I just every time I, I see her go, I heard a, and I was just picture somebody just punching the shit out of her because it's like, what a like weak, like I know that she could control people and that's pretty powerful, but like the way that she had to deliver it for most of the time that we've experienced Allison is weak to me. And like, even some of the more seemingly more powerful ones, like what's the, uh, Ben that's uh, both. Yeah. He can like call Cthulhu through his chest. Yeah. What the hell is that? What is that? Like, that just, I don't know. It's he's bizarre. Got some sort of portal and it seems ability. like there's a pretty strong limitation in that he's just a human. Otherwise, well, and, and like, he feels like there's no, def- and he feels the monster's pain. Like when he's choking that chick out, she yeah. stabs the monster and he goes, ah, and it's like, okay. Yeah. So that's a weird power to me, man. And I, I had a hard time getting my arms around it. And like the other thing is like Luther, I, I, I'm guessing he just has the body of a gorilla, right? I still don't really. So he had super power. strength like, it's, and then he was going to die and his father injected him with like gorilla serum. Pogo's DNA And, and, and it transformed yeah. him into an even stronger person. But honestly, they've never done great with super but, strength in this show. Like... No, the other guy kicks his ass. Right, like he's like I know he's well. Slow. The other guy has super right. strength also, but it's even it's, in the first season. I think it's really hard to display super strength on a TV. Even budget. you know what I mean? Like they don't have the special effects of even Superman. in the first season. The first real fight scene that you see is when the time cops or whatever the fuck you want to call them show up with like the panda heads, and the big guy just takes on Luther one on one, and Luther ends up like punching yeah, him. He gets his ass, but like he doesn't die. His chest cavity doesn't get fucking caved in because he just got hit with the force of a semi truck. He just like falls over a couch, and I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm confused." Yeah, and, yeah. So Luther, I had a really hard time getting my arms around because I'm like, he feels kind of worthless to me because he's this like, yeah, he's stronger than your average human, but like he's also extremely slow and immobile, like compared to other people, like. I don't know, man. I just well, I was having a hard time taking him seriously, especially as the leader. You know, you see the dude, his counterpart in the Sparrows, and like that guy beats some serious ass. So I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. He kind of has a Captain America vibe to him, but like Luther, just it just he was like depowered, like by the way they depicted him in fight scenes. And they've also made Luther kind of like goofy yeah. and dumb by this t- stage. Like he he is like regressed. Yeah. Like his mental state has regressed yeah. to that of a child. At like he point. kind of annoys me when he's on screen. I'm like, all right, like on to the next. Yeah, and that's a bummer because I really like yeah. Tom Hopper, yeah. that actor, a lot. I think exactly. he's a really Yeah, that guy's like, great. 
in it. Yeah, yeah. he's really good. He's charming. He could have like, yeah, he could really slot into like anything, uh, you know, any hero role. Sure. And I think he would be great in well, it. And instead they make him like play a child. In Klaus? A, a man's body. In Klaus, I know Klaus isn't like just straight up superhero, but like for the last three seasons, I've been like, what is your power? Like, I like, I know that he takes it, you know, like he, they show some powers of his in this season, but like, like for the most part, I've been like, you can talk to the dead. Congratulations. Like, I don't understand what, like how that's even superhero worthy. Like go open up a, detective you know, agency. a tar- tarot shop, and, you know, have a back room where you do, uh, you know, talk to people's loved ones or whatever. Like, I don't know. I will say that all of here. the powers in the series are relatively ill-defined besides fives and Allison's maybe. Yeah. Because five, I enjoy like Diego, it never really explains if he even has powers yeah, until wait, season two. And it seems perfect. like he can, yeah. he can like throw a knife and also make yeah, it curve on I'm, purpose. Like he can control it once it's yeah. left his hand or whatever. What a like weird sort of gambit. Weirdly specific power. <laughs> like I think in the comics, that character doesn't have powers. And so he's sort of the batman of their team you know what i mean and he like yeah he i mean he does i know for a fact that that's what he is but they make a big old um, deal about victor not having powers like in right this well guy that's in the series they tried to do it that way right but so. you know but but then we watch him and he never displays any kind of powers he just can fight really well and i'm like okay so Diego? if he can do yeah if he can do the bending in air thing with stuff that he throws is he like yondu with the arrow like where it's like Sort of. Like, I'll take him yeah, pretty seriously if he can do two. that, but it doesn't I seem mean, like he has that level of control. They, they show that even from the beginning of season one. Like, the first time you see Diego, he's in, he's dealing with the burglary, and he throws knives around sheer walls and all kinds of corners. Like, they've established that it, that's exactly what his power is from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't remember it super well, but um, at any rate, how do you guys feel about, like, like we, we talked about Tom Hopper mm-hmm. already, but, like, I would say the strength of this series that has kept Close. me coming back and the reason I think that I wanted to push through. No, I was going to say it's just the acting in general. Like, I think they have... I like most of the people that are in this series with one glaring hole for me. Um, but I think, like, most for the most part, everybody really crushes in their role. So, let's talk... You can talk about Klaus, Jeff Robert Sheehan uh, as an actor... That was in a show, a movie called Mortal Engines that was originally supposed to be directed by Peter Jackson and then wasn't. And then I went and saw it in theaters because of his association with it. And it was bad. Let me tell you, it was a bad movie. Um, but I liked him in it. And then he got this show and I've liked him a lot more since. And I hope he gets a lot more acting roles out of it. But I'm worried that he's never going to live up to the performance that he's giving this yeah. show because he's really crushing it in this show. Yeah. He's by far the most charming and lovable, I think, in my opinion. But um, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I mean, he's obviously a cloud favorite. Anyone who's listening to this episode four of Brother Academy will probably agree that Klaus is is one of the main reasons to stick around. Um, he just has a, a, a fun way of surviving, especially with the adaptation of what they introduced for season three. As far as <laughs> how he has been able to survive this long, is uh, I think fun. I think it's a fun development for his character. And um, makes a lot of sense for how he's been able to live so carelessly. Yeah, Brian, did you uh, you have any love for Klaus? I, I find him entertaining as an actor. I think you're right. I don't have any knock against the actors at all. Like, I think they're actually really riveting on screen. I just, I'm more, I don't know, kind of wish... Like, I understand that the entire, sh- like, the show is carving out kind of a quirky role in superhero in the superhero universe or whatever, but like, uh, sure. display of his powers and explanation of that is dumb. But as far as the performances go, Klaus like, is entertaining as hell. Every time he's on screen, I shoot. Yeah. Like, I think every single one of them delivers pretty well. Um, I was def- gonna say definitely the, have my frustrations names... about Tom Hopper's, um, Sorry. role to play, but it's not his fault. It's, you know, just seems like their creative decision to like, I don't know, make him like, as serious as Captain America, but like some of the dumber sides of Thor kind of thing where it's like, you know, yeah, I, you know, I would say his portrayal or like their writing of his character is very inconsistent where like sometimes he can figure things out really well. And like, he's like a superhero and he's resolute and he's str- like, oh, just strength what's happening and, like, right now. Yeah. The heart. And then there's other times where he's just like, wait, wait, wait explain it to me again. Yeah. Like, and and so I, I, you know, I, but, but Tom Hopper's sure. great. And you know, I, you know, just across the board, I think every single one of them delivers really well. And I, you know, I don't have any problem like investing in 
watching their delivery of scenes or anything like that. I think they, they do a really good job. Um, what about Aiden Gallagher, number five? He's my favorite I really character. like him. I think, yeah. yeah, me too. He's my favorite character yeah, too. Yeah, that kid, that, and that kid kills it, by the way. That kid yeah, is really good. I'm going to say, I think he's probably the best actor on this show. Yeah. He's prob- he, like, he just, like, really is broken out in every season. I'm like, man, I really... Yeah, he's talented. ...like this kid. Like, I don't know what's going on, but, like, he's he, crushing he's, it. He got a he got a really fun role, and he's really killing it, I think. He has a real... Yeah. And he's, like, aged into it in a way that's, like, really cool to watch. I don't... I just... I really hope that, like, he does bigger I kind of forget that he's getting bigger and better stuff yeah I kind of forget that he's 12 or whatever like I kind of more picture the old man that's in a young man's body like I I, I'm accepting of of that that he's not a young dude in the the story he's an old man dealing with being he has a really commanding presence when he delivers his lines especially when he's admonishing his family that you can really see him channeling like an older grizzled person yeah the kid's good yeah yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really have a lot to say for it, except for that I just I really am excited to see kind of what his career looks like after this show. Or like, I, I don't understand why I haven't seen him in really anything else yet. You know, this show's been on for like three, four years at this point, And I, I just I haven't seen him take on any other roles or get any other castings. And I just don't understand it because I feel like he really deserves to be in more stuff. Um, maybe his schedule is just too slammed with the uh, Umbrella Academy and granted like it came out it was very popular and then the pandemic hit the year after so maybe he just didn't have an opportunity to get out for any other anything else but um, I'm very excited to see what his career looks like after this um, I do just quickly want to touch on uh, the Elliot Page transition and how they addressed it I don't know that it's super necessary for us to do it but it is sort of a big thing that happened in the series I really liked that they just, he just came out, said it, and everybody was just like, all right, but you're still a dumbass for going off without the team. Like, they don't even really care that that, that he yeah. made that decision, which you know? Is, and I kind of just like it. Of like, yeah, if that's who you are and who you want to be, then that's who you are and who you want to be. I'm cool. You know? Doesn't really change a whole lot for us. Right. You know, they're just like, whatever, you know? Um, the only. The only slight I have on this show this season, and I think probably in other seasons I felt this way and didn't really know how to articulate it, Emmy Raver-Lamperman, that actress who plays Allison, doesn't do it for me. And I don't... Unfortunately, this season, a lot of the most dramatic parts happen around her character, Mm -hmm. and I don't think she's a strong enough actress to actually have carried that off. I never at any point can believe her as like, bitchy or angry or um sassy or even when she is pulling it off i don't like the portrayal i don't like the way it worked and i just i feel like in other seasons i also felt this way but she had a reduced role this season she had like a very prominent role and i just i did it didn't work for me at all and unfortunately i I, you know not to come out at her but it just i think that she is easily the weakest actors of the the group or actor actor or actress i mean we've talked about everyone else just being really stand out between klaus five and and luther and uh she's just not up to the same caliber i think oh i i didn't notice at all i, th- I thought she was she was good and don't really have uh, the same sentiment sentiments cool so um I, I won't die on that hill but you know i i didn't have a problem with her at all i think she can act uh just fine and um more than anything i just you know i'm glad they're getting away from the uh i heard a rumor thing so (laughs) i will be interested to see where the next season goes i actually think that this setup that they gave at the end of this season is more is very interesting like how these characters who are super fucked up but have like basically survived off of the strength of their abilities now not having those abilities how they adjust to that is an interesting concept to me and I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do I, with it i did want to draw um, one one analogy i don't think i don't think you guys are going to do much with this but i thought it was weird after watching stranger things and umbrella academy back to back was that both of the like the the what's the guy's name the one that keeps exploding uh, has to listen to music to like suppress his powers and it felt 
Harley. And it Harlan. felt very strangely similar to Max's character in Stranger Things, where she's constantly listening to music to try and suppress Vecna's powers. But he's not listening to music. He's listening to like weird recordings of nature to help him That's calm fair. down. It's just weird that like so these two characters weird. those are pretty normal. These, these two characters are like spend the entire show just like with headphones on the entire season for both of them. Yeah, and it is like on cassette decks, yeah. Walkman and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I I didn't draw the parallel, but it's there for sure. It is interesting that it's two Netflix series. It's Netflix two strongest series most expensive series like you can actually see all the money netflix is putting into this series on screen just like stranger things these are the only two things that that netflix is still putting money into it seems like because everything else they're coming out with is absolute garbage but although i hear that 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 show that they have um called or that movie uh sea beast it's an animated movie came out of nowhere but people are loving it people are like it's it's amazing so it's on my radar. Um, anyway, uh, overall, good series. Oh, I did want to just say that uh, the actress who plays Lila, Ritu Aria or something something like that, Rita Aria, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her name. Um, I think she's really great. Uh, she's probably the best thing that came out of season two. Um, I really like her addition. Um, and I, I just, I think she's really great. So, um, cool. Well, you guys want to move on to the boys? All right, Jeff, uh, this is just going to I'm just going to say full spoilers for the boys. But I think it's going to be very clear how we all feel about it as we get through it. So just, you know, read between the lines, figure it out on your own. Um, I'm going to let Jeff start because I have a feeling I know where he's going to so, go. I mean, so let's just get that out of the way. I watched season three. I watched the first three episodes and I was surprised. And I reflected back on, on my criticism of season two. And while I will touch on it a little bit because there is still some of that lingering. Um, I felt like what what ended up happening with season two was that because they had to film during the pandemic, they couldn't come to a complete resolution. So they ended up just kind of not finishing season two and instead just setting up season three. Like my biggest, one of my biggest issues was they jumped from this thing and then all these characters made all these weird choices. And then suddenly they set up and I was like, wait, why would, why would Homelander after, uh, you know, fighting in the woods, go back to the seven? I don't understand why he would make this decision. Why, why is this happening? I was like, you know what? They just wanted to tell a different story with season three and they couldn't, they didn't, couldn't spend the time with the actors in front of the camera to put it there. So they just said, here's a resolution to what we've been building up towards. Sorry, we couldn't finish it. Here's what we're building towards next. And I enjoyed what they built towards next. I enjoyed the beginning of season three. I enjoyed episode one through three. I then watched episodes four through seven and did not enjoy it very much. I was, um, really really critical through those episodes thinking wow this, this i don't know if i'm actually going to even going to be able to finish this but i finished the final episode and, and was back on track i was like okay i liked the ending of, of of episode eight i liked where they're setting up for season four the writing seemed like an actual arc from episode one to episode eight there wasn't some massive jump in anything it felt like a i'm not gonna say natural but a direct linear um advancement for the characters and for the plot and for the story that they want to tell that being said it seems like whenever the writers feel like they have they like they, they need filler for an episode they decide to fill it with um content that is designed to make you not want to watch um like they, they literally just said this season what what if we just put in every single episode something that just makes our viewers not want to watch for the longest period of time. Let's just see how long we can keep this on screen and force our viewers to turn their head away. And I understand that shock factor is a thing. I'm just confused at who it is their target audience is because I can deal with gore. But even in the, I think it's the first or second episode, there's a scene where a dude gets his face lasered in half. And there's like a 30 second exposure shot of just him trying to swallow his own blood while his tongue waves and fires in his mouth cavity. And you're just looking at his bone structure and his cheeks falling off and you're just sitting there just watching it. It's like, okay, this is fully established. We can, we can go, we can go on now. It, it's I understand what I'm looking at here and they just keep showing it to you. It's like, well, I don't, I don't understand who's watching this and like cackling. I don't, whenever I picture scenes like this, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. I like So it. whenever I'm picturing <laughs> scenes like this, I always reflect back to a scene in um, the butterfly effect where Ashton Kutcher goes and sees seven with his like best friend who's just the absolute shittiest and his best friends just like cackling like a hyena throughout all the disgusting scenes in seven and i'm just like is like do those people out there actually exist oh boy like 
I'm so upset that you just brought up the butterfly effect, like one of my least favorite movies ever made. <laughs> I'm like, I'm having like PTSD from you bringing that movie up. Okay, um, let's keep it on the poise. Yes, people like that exist. I like that shit. I like when there's violence, and I like Seven. It's one of my favorite movies. We've 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 made sure that 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 people know that that's one of my favorite movies. I like the weird like over the top gore stuff for some reason. I really, my favorite parts of the Guillermo del Toro movies are when people get their face absolutely bashed in and there's just like their skull fragments just like exposed. I think it's really weird and cool. I like that shit. Picture in uh, but, picture in Game of Thrones when the, the mountain crushes the viper's head. And yeah, we and get, it shows all of it. Well, we get a quick crushing motion, horrible screaming. The We see it in some detail but it doesn't spend time dwelling on that shot you know what i'm saying like i think that's more what jeff's getting at is it's like it's fine to have that stuff but don't no don't make me like watch the dripping for 10 minutes i think the idea is to make you sit in your discomfort they're trying to make you squirm they want you to not like it and i personally i'm not saying that i like it i think I like that they're doing that. You know what I mean? That they're sh- making you uncomfortable. I think that that's interesting. I think it's an interesting decision to make. Um, and not a lot of se- TV series will do it. Like Game of Thrones, for all of its violence, never re- it always kind of shied away from the gore. You know what I mean? We don't see Ned Stark's head get lopped off. We see the, the sword come down, and then we see the reaction. And that's kind of what Game of Thrones is, too. The only time I could think of that they kind of show gore is when the dog bites Ramsey's face in the ba- at the end of the Battle of the Bastards. But they don't even show the the gore. They just show the dog bite the face and then they cut away. The gore and is they that just moment show the scrap, reaction. Which is Mountain vs. Vipers when you see gore. That's the only time and it's for a split fucking second and it doesn't really even look real. This shit looks crazy. Like in the end of the first episode when the that chick, the senator or whatever blows up her buddy's head and hands and it just like shows his head just like fucking collapsed and and just like you're saying jeff like his tongue is like trying to wag around and stuff it's just like it's very visceral and violent and like hard to look at and i kind of like that they're making you i'm glad that they have an audience somewhere because it sure as fuck wasn't for me um (laughs) i like that shit i think that it's i think it's interesting um brian how did you feel about season three of the boys overall uh, i i think this show is extremely consistent um i think i i've said this about other stuff too but I'll, I'll repeat it here the stuff that i enjoyed about season one i'm still enjoying a couple seasons later i think you know what you're gonna like as much shock factor as there is you also know what you're gonna get which is just super super powered human beings that are going to do whatever the F they want. And like the gore is going to be crazy. The sexual stuff's going to be insane. Like it, you're going to be shocked. You're going to be, you know, on the edge of your seat. And like, it is wildly fascinating. Like I more enjoy the, the, their ability to bring tension to the screen. Like anytime that someone's pissing Homelander off and I'm watching him do that, just like, completely false smile and i'm like dude he's about to pop this dude's head off like a cork i'm just like sitting on the edge of my seat because i don't like i know what he's capable of and i don't know what he's capable of at the same time if that makes sense every time that homelander walks away from a tense encounter without murdering somebody i'm like oh my god oh my god i thought he was gonna do it i thought he was gonna laser him in like like that to me is the part that i enjoy the most not watching you know a dude's tongue reacting to his head popping like i like i i could you could cut the timing the time that we watched that in half and i'd still get the same effect um I, I enjoy the tension that they build you know just knowing that they have characters in a room together that basically have the power to like destroy everything and then they're having normal human tense interactions is a fucking is a is nightmare fuel because like yeah, well they're they're their um, tantrums could level an entire city. That's terrifying. You know what it's I mean? It's terrifying. Yeah. And then they have normal human emotional reactions. And it's like, oh my God, like these people are going to like Homelander in every scene that he's in. I'm, I'm like, 
like cl- like clutching my pearls, man, because I feel like he's about to just laser the shit out of everybody, and like we've actually seen him daydreaming about doing that, and so to me, it's like at any moment that guy's gonna snap, and like they do a really good job of like ramping that tension up over and over and over again, and it and it keeps the show really interesting. I agree. I think that the tension is probably, especially with Homelander scenes, where it's just like. The only part about it that I don't like is that they show these things and they show his willingness to kill and murder people. Um, and yet they have scenes where like he goes to Billy Butcher's apartment and they have a sit down conversation where he could literally just slice Butcher in half right there at the table. No one would have any actual proof that right. it was him. And the and, only reason uh, he just doesn't do it for some reason. Yeah. I mean, the only reason that that Butcher survives that encounter is because he knows where Ryan is. But the second that Homelander secures Ryan, wouldn't he just go fly through Homelander's chest at the speed of light? Or sorry, Butcher's Butcher's, Butcher's chest at the speed yeah, of light? Like sure. what's keeping Butcher alive at why, that point? Why would Homelander wait at all to like go solve any of his problems? He can handle it all in a few seconds. I think you have to ask a deeper question, which is like, does he really want to do those things or does he have any motivations to not do those things? Right. Well, so he just wants the, the, the motivation that they really established this season is that he wants people to love him like at any cost. Like he's like, I will do whatever it takes just to have people care about me. You know, like he is weird in that way. And then what he starts to realize in this season is that people are going to be into him no matter what. And like, Dude, he can a, be himself and he doesn't have to fake the parallel to anything. the Trump 2016 campaign where it's like bombshells were coming out about him and he his support numbers were in the polls were going up. And like and I yeah. remember at the time being like, oh, my well, he God, was like he came out and was said he said, you guys love me so much. I could go out on Fifth yes. Avenue, shoot someone in the head and you guys would still vote me president. He's, and people cheered that. He's kind of right, though, because like the poll numbers kept going up and people kept supporting that because the people that wanted to support him didn't mind that shit. And it was the same thing with Homeland. I thought what a strong parallel narrative that they brought in. And I like when they do this yep. stuff, too, because it's like it's ridiculous. He literally lasers a dude to death in front of a crowd and they all start celebrating yep. him. And I'm like, oh my god! Like that's that's yeah, it's startling this, the parallel to the real. This world. show did a great job of bringing modern politics into it. I mean, the the focus on Black Lives Matter, the focus on the misinformation from the Trump campaign, and the focus on the pandemic, and the the strive to force people to try and continue to live their lives, even though it was you know potentially risk, uh, you know, a risk, were huge things for me to enjoy this show. I mean, I. I got my bachelor's in political science i actually took electoral politics in in the time that trump was running for president so it was a very interesting time and now to see it replayed out on screen um in a potential superhuman society is is very engaging for me i just wish there was less fish fucking yeah let's talk <laughs> about that hero gasm episode um well, how about so in the scene, comics <laughs> sorry i didn't i didn't um talk about this but this is based on a comic book by garth ennis and Derek robertson um that was on dynamite comics which is i think a dc imprint at any rate um they, i don't think it is actually but at any rate it is uh basically i don't need to explain it uh it stars um carl urban jack quaid anthony and tony star not anthony and tony Aaron Moriarty, Dominique McElliott, Jesse T. Usher, Laz Alonzo, Chase Crawford, Karen Fukuhara. It, the list goes on. There's a lot of really good actors in this show. Um, but I uh, I do want to talk about Chase Crawford and The Deep and his weird descent into madness throughout this series. I think he's my favorite character in it because he's just so fucked up and like his life is so weird. And some of the most outrageous stuff that happens in the series is around is surrounding him. Like in season one, I think is the dolphin, the dolphin heist where like he has to stop and the dolphin launches out and just gets run over by a car, which is horrifying to watch. And then in season two, he brings a whale to a fight and Butcher just drives a boat into it. And then in this season, he fucks an octopus. Multiple times. Which is very On upsetting. Um, in, in the comics, um, 
Herogasm is a sort of overarching storyline where it's like uh, in Marvel Comics or DC Comics, they have like these crises that are off world and all the superheroes have to leave Earth to go and fight this, you know, galaxy ending threat. And then they come back and tell everybody about it. And it's like, it's amazing. You know, we lost a couple guys and blah, 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 blah. Well, in the comics, Garth Ennis doesn't really, I think, I think he hates superheroes actually. And so he kind of created the boys to make fun of DC and Marvel. Um, they, 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 every couple years, they decide that they have, they, they announce that there's this world ending threat coming and they all, all the superheroes leave earth and they go to this space station and have a, a massive orgy. Um, and, uh, it's kind of like this, it's kind of a joke on what DC and Marvel heroes are actually doing. And then the, the crises are what they, and then when they come back, they're like, oh yeah, we lost a couple guys and then blah, 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 blah. Um, they tried to do that in this season, but this series is a little bit more grounded than the comic is. So they just make a bunch of washed up superheroes fuck each other, which was a bit weird. Um, how did, it was touted as like, they, they were putting out the press that this was going to be the most, outrageous upsetting version of like they were expecting people to have to turn off their tv sets and walk away did you guys feel that in this episode at all or was it did it feel like kind of toned down <laughs> compared to some of the other weird shit we've seen in yeah, this series? Felt, felt exactly like the first episode of this season it felt exactly like the nightclub that huey and homeland like it's more of the same and to be fair that doesn't necessarily mean yeah, that it's something i wanted I to see i didn't want to see it then either but um the, the overall orgy aspect was less upsetting than the individual character aspects of like mother's milk getting coated in just ejaculate and um, <laughs> the funny thing is wasn't he the one getting targeted by the long, the long sausage yeah. scene in season yeah. two like he can't get away from that guy in his dick <laughs> that, that shit made me laugh because he's just like oh hell no <laughs> like <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I, uh, that guy's, okay, yeah. I forgot about episode one starts with uh, a man climbing into another man's penis. I completely forgot about that's that. That is, about. yeah, that's, that. I, I, it's funny because my, my team leader or my manager on my team at work uh, watches the show too, and we were having a hard time, like, having discussions about it in the morning after episodes because it was like in like a safe for work context yeah, because it, it was, was like, like wow that you, scene where that you know, happens you know, that you know scene, what i'm talking about yeah you know that scene at the beginning of the show crazy right like we couldn't get any more depth than that it was pretty funny that like you know the show is just but that they, in your face and crazy they did it they did the thing where ant-man goes up thanos's butt and <laughs> gets oh, big. I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Yeah, that that's uh, that's. I thought that was very funny. You know, it's it's. Um, what's hilarious is I when he got in there, I was like, I already know what's gonna happen. He's gonna he's gonna grow. He's gonna grow. This is horrible. Like it was pretty. They were airmail in that one. They were broadcasting that pretty hard. That well, like, yeah, that's that tension. It's that tension. Yeah. It was like, oh, what's it gonna happen? This what's is it gonna not happen? a good idea. Yeah. And then sure enough. Uh, God, it's just very, very strange to watch a man walk into another man's urethra. Didn't love it, but you know, <laughs> that's that's kind of one of the things you gotta deal with in this series is just the weirdness of that whole thing. Um Yeah, so uh the deep and that octopus, the his weird relation with octopi in this in this season was very strange. Watching him eat that octopus puss i had to walk yeah. out of the room that was too much for me i couldn't watch it i literally got up and walked away and told my wife to tell me when it was <laughs> when it was over because i really didn't like it it was very gross to me um i uh watching him have sex with that octopus was very upsetting i really didn't like when they came into the room and he turned around and that was happening I don't like it but you know just like you said that or just like I said earlier, that discomfort—that's kind of the the thing. I they I, I'm sure that's what they want. They want to gross you out. They want to make you uncomfortable. They want to show you things that no one's ever seen before. Um, and I'd, I'd say they succeed, but sometimes I do feel like maybe they go a bit too far. But I wouldn't count that as a negative against them. I think that they're trying to push the envelope in an interesting Personally, way. But I think because they've pushed that envelope in such an interesting way in the previous seasons, this season, the only part that I didn't like was that weird octopus stuff and the fish stuff like I, just because that part creeped me out but, i think sorry what i were think you that uh i don't think that counts as as 
you know, quality content though. I mean, just being like, I want to show you something you've never seen before. I haven't seen it before because I haven't gone fucking looking for it. Like I'm looking for a superhero show that, that addresses sure. modern day politics and you know, the, the defects of a capitalistic society run by fucking superhumans, like not, or psychopaths. It doesn't even have to be right. superhumans. They're just psychopaths. And it's just, but so I don't think that the quality that that, I don't think that that, is the quality. I'm not saying Good. that that outrageous, like uh, over the top stuff is what defines the quality of the show. I think the show is a quality show that also is pushing the envelope and what they're willing to show viewers or able to show the viewers. And I just think that those are just two parts of the same. Do you guys want to go? Right. I don't, I don't say that the quality comes from, do you guys want to go character by character and talk about individual? I don't think we need to go character by character, but I was going to ask about the story, the soldier boy story sure. arc and how you guys felt about it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Captain America in the movies, not in the comics. Uh, I think that the movie version of Captain America is very interesting. I like that this that what they did was introduce like a shitty version of Captain America. I was shocked that they made him look so much like him in full uniform. I was like, yeah. man, it feels like they just tried to like make it closely resemble him as much as possible. And I was surprised that they were allowed to get that close to his look. Especially because Marvel's a, a Disney property now, right? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, they they tend to protect. He's close brand. enough, but there's not really anything. Dude, the mean, helmet I mean, is the exact same style. Like they could have made some changes to make it a little less, you know, like him. I mean, it's damn, damn close. But like whatever. Him. Yeah, whatever. They they know what they're doing. But well, yeah. Brian, what did you think of the story arc with him? I and how did you think of that performance with Jensen Ackles? I really enjoyed Jensen Ackles. Uh, it's funny because my wife has mentioned he's like one of the hottest dudes alive or something. Um, that's and, so crazy. My wife is really into him too. Yeah, <laughs> she thinks he's really he's hot. And I'm like, really I don't universally thought of as like attractive. But anyway, I guess I just didn't get it. I mean, I do think he, obviously he's a handsome man, but I just had never really thought of him as like. I think it's the like look. Brad Pitt, voice, or Henry Cavill, voice kind of he's got a voice, voice for sure for people. Yeah, he's, he's got a voice like mine, and you know, this, this is how this is my voice. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway. I, I thought his character was was very entertaining. I really liked the storyline, you know, over the course of the season of having a former Homelander before Homelander kind of thing. Um, I was dying during his dialogue about how, like, he's just like, hey, man, I really think that blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I really think you should gargle my nuts or something. And I just, I said that for like a week straight. I kept saying it around the house because I, I thought it was freaking hilarious. And, and um, I, I just really enjoyed just how like off the wall his character was, but at the same time, just kind of chilling. Like he's just a, a, a washed up Homelander in a lot of ways, but I will say this, I did not understand his motivation in that last fight scene for like choosing to kill Homelander just because he was like disappointed in him for some reason. I just didn't, it felt kind of weak to me. I didn't really understand why he like was like working himself up there at the end. I think that what they should have done is once he found out that he was a clone or, you know, the father of Homelander, that he should have been like, disgusted. felt more competitive yeah, yeah or like disgusted by him and yeah. just been like, that's not like, that's, that's a shitty. And I, th- I think that's what they were trying to do is that he didn't accept him as a clone because he wasn't raised by him. And so he's like, no, they raised you the wrong way. I need to take you out because you're a shitty version of me that you don't deserve to be alive. But instead they like made him have like this kind of like weird, like struggle internal struggle where he's like shouldn't i love my kid you know and i was just sort of like i'm not really getting yeah i don't buy this it was like he was like trying to hype himself up into fighting him or something and i was just like i don't know if if that wasn't established early enough i feel like that he could have been like yeah they took you out you know basically out of my balls and put you in a test tube and you know it's just fucked up and weird and i don't agree with it and blah 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 like if, if he had done that from the beginning instead of being like yeah i'm your daddy we're family uh, and then even showing some internal struggle of his with in conversations with Butcher, where he was just like, I don't know, like he's family. I, I just don't know how I feel about it. And I need to take a walk. And I'm like, then they go to the end and he's just like, you're, you know, you disgust me. And I'm like, oh, this you're is like too little too late with this. It's weird. Yeah. It felt like they didn't know which way they wanted him to react to that. Yeah. Jeff, how other did you than feel that, about he was, the, uh... he was awesome. I think that the one thing that they were missing was I, I really wanted them, like after he found out in episode seven i think um i wanted him to walk up to to butcher and say tell me everything about homelander and have homelander explain what kind of person or have sorry have butcher explain to uh what's the new character's name 
not Captain America, Soldier, Soldier Boy. Boy, to Soldier Boy, all of the horrific things that Homelander did. Not that uh, Soldier Boy has a single fucking like to stand on, but um, I don't know. I was I was really hoping that this season would would give more questions as far as a justified Ray that Soldier Boy could exist, but I I was really kind of disappointed in the timeline that they set up. It doesn't really seem to make sense for the story that they told in season two, but yeah. Um, I yeah, I think that uh, what I really liked about this season is that it felt like so i've how do i put this the seven is clearly the justice league right like that's obviously what they're going for in it um and uh i kind of liked that bringing in soldier boy and the uh what were they called payback Mm -hmm. i mean what is the term to avenge but to bring payback on somebody right so to call the team payback is clearly a reference to Mm -hmm. the avengers and I like that it's led by Captain America, although I kind of wish that they had more closely one to one brought in the uh, the members of the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like give us a Hawkeye type character. Give us, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that would have been really fun. Um, but I did like to see like a Captain America versus Superman moment, but it's like a Captain America who could go toe to toe with mm-hmm. Superman. I thought that that was fun. Um, how did you guys feel about the the temp V and like Huey and Starlight's relationship and how it developed this season. I mean, Huey and Starlight have always been a a huge kind of emotional cornerstone for this show. They've always been this kind of positive light in this world that's fucked up. So I'm glad that they threw a little dirt on it. I'm glad that they showed some controversy because the relationships take work and uh, they're not exactly always sunshine and rainbows. You're trying to combine two people to do live one life and, uh, they showed how that's complicated with internal motivations, right? Huey realizes this season that he doesn't have to be a victim, that he has this path, this ability to be strong, just like all of these people that he works alongside. And it's a hard thing to tempt to, to, to resist that temptation, regardless of how it may affect people you care about. So I think that his motivations and his story arc in this season are very, very strong. And his final act of choosing to be the victim and instead assist Starlight by, uh, you know, increasing the, the the lighting in the room to empower her instead of taking the temp fee and trying to save her himself is an incredible way of delivering that final message. Yeah, that was really strong. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I thought it was cool for him to hold it in his hand and be like, I can save her right now or I can let her save herself and maybe I can just help her. And I thought, yeah, I thought that, that was really great. Um any final thoughts on the boys season three before we my biggest on? issue and honestly it's kind of a trend that i'm noticing across a lot of different shows it's not just a problem with the boys is no one fucking dies right i mean mave literally jumps out of a window with this bomb that takes away she should have died takes there. away people's powers the bomb we yeah. see the bomb explode 40 feet above the ground which would have taken away her powers and then we presume that she falls down to the ground and yet she's got like a black eye She's literally walking, I think. Yeah. She should have died there. I mean, it, it reveals that her powers have been evaporated, but she should have died. It doesn't Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Life. If her powers got evaporated, like, you know, 20 stores right. up on that building, right. that rest of that fall right. should have Does, killed her. It doesn't make any sense. She should have died. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't... It, it, I don't... Yeah, when I don't when she it. jumped out, I was like, oh, what a badass way to go. And then I saw exactly. her again and was like... Yeah, it cheapens it. What? I think like, that... I think Dominique McElliott, that, that actress... Um, I really, first of all, I really like her uh, as an actress. I feel like maybe Queen Maeve isn't her best performance, but if you guys ever watched the show Hell on Wheels, that was like a really cool, like Western TV series. She's in that, and I think she's really great in it. Um, she probably wanted to kind of move on because this role, I think, probably doesn't really suit her as well as she probably would have liked, or maybe she just wanted to kind of move on to other things. But they didn't want to kill her off completely because what if they want to try to bring her back at some point? You know what I mean? And so they wanted to have their cake yeah, and eat it too. But I agree. They should just start. Yeah. yeah, they should just kill some people. I agree. I mean, she I kind of felt the same way about Umbrella this. Academy. Exactly. Yeah. They killed Luther. And- they gave him a moment where he got to say goodbye to her and it was very emotional. And then they immediately bring yep. him back like in, within five Stranger minutes. Things. And I'm like, what the fuck? Just let him be Stranger dead. Stranger Things did the same care. thing. I mean, three different seasons all released in the same month. And it's like, oh, we're going to kill a character. Just kidding. We don't kill characters in this show. Dude, 
I, I, I don't want to bring it up to take shots, so I won't say anything negative. But uh, Game of Thrones, in the beginning, everyone fell in love with that show because of the unpredictability. I used to introduce it to people and say, don't fall in love with any one character. They probably won't make it very long. Like, yeah. they literally took the main character of the show in season one and hacked his head off at the end. And just opened up this world to, you don't know who's going to live and you don't know who's going to die. And that was the greatest part about that show and then towards the end they started getting afraid to kill off their main characters like Arya running through the streets of King's Landing with you know uh, anyway right yeah so no, they, they just don't kill the to main kill characters their, yeah they, they, they just develop this plot armor that it's like it's really just like armor for the you know the showrunners to like not take a risk that they kill the wrong person and upset people and it's like stop being afraid to upset people you'd think the boys would not be afraid to upset people but for some reason they didn't even kill um, Soldier Boy. They just put him right exactly. back in his thing. The only person like, we dude, lose is Black who, Noir, who we only got to know this right. season, which is again what they did in Stranger Things with exactly. Ed, Eddie right. Munson, right? Like they entered, they basically give us a character, give us some character development, and then kill him. And it's like, well, he wasn't even a main character. You know, Black Noir was a fun character throughout the series, but like character. we yeah. only got to know him this season, and you only started to get to care about him this season and then to take him away kind of makes it feel like well why did we they did why? that so that you know they didn't I mean? have to kill somebody that was a little bit more exactly main. they should have killed frenchie i think they should have killed frenchie they gave us all the points that made it seem like he was gonna die and then they didn't especially kill him, how they don't have like a, they don't have like a love interest or anything like they're just gonna be close friends or whatever like you know how they're not, they're not like in love with each other and they thought the kiss was weird. I don't weird. know what's going on with that, and I didn't like that they started to introduce them as love interests for a minute there. But then they took I was it like, away. I it's don't like... want them to be in love, actually. And so. that's fine, but but I just feel like that even more opens them up to being vulnerable to get killed, and they wouldn't even do that. So there's this old um, Mother, writing, dude. Mother's thing Milk Dying would is... have been an epic. Like, kill that dude, like, because he's has this whole, like, disconnect with his family, and he's got all these, like, pent-up frustrations about um, Soldier Boy, like, and he was, like, talking about, like, why do I always have to be the one with the moral high horse or whatever, like, taking the high road? I could totally see him having some crazy death that would have just been like, oh, my God, Mother's Milk, because he's, like, he's main enough, and he's someone you care enough about. Like for him to have an epic death would have been. I would. would have been I would have awesome. accepted anybody. I would have accepted anybody in the top like six characters. Except like, Homelander. I, kill, I want Homelander to keep going. Like, I love Huey. Kill Huey. Make me feel pain. Don't make me watch people I'm fuck fish. <laughs> like, I don't understand. My wife. <laughs> my, my, that felt weird. What? <laughs> that was that was a, a non sequitur. <laughs> kill Huey. Don't make me watch people yes. fuck fish. Yes, make me watch <laughs> the people that I care about points. die. That's what I'm trying to watch for. I'm not trying to. You want to make me uncomfortable? I see. I see. Make me feel lost. Don't make me feel fucking disgusting. Um, my wife, my wife this season was just like, they're not going to kill Homelander, right? Because I don't think I'll want to watch the show if Homelander's not in it, which I thought was very funny. Because yeah, I mean An- Anthony Starr. Uh, does really crush that that role, and he's just like such a good villain that you just want to hate him, especially because he's unbeatable. You know what I mean? So he's just like it's really hard. It, yeah, I do like Anthony Starr's per, uh, performance here. I will say there is a screenwriting thing. It kind of became a trope and kind of hack. But like once a character starts right creating plans for their future, they're probably gonna die. Right? Like that's something that you can kind of see in older movies. Frenchie and Kimiko started doing, yep. started making plans, and I was just like, "Oh, are they gonna kill him?" No, they didn't. Um, same thing with Stranger Things. Uh, Hopper you know, and uh, what's his name started talking about his hopes for yeah. the future, and then he doesn't. And then you're like, "Oh, is he gonna yep. die?" No, he's not. Um, and I, I think at this point, it's becoming a trope to use the trope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, anyway, cool. Well, I think overall, I was more positive on the boys season three than I thought we were going to be um jeff final thought is that you don't want to watch anyone have sex with a fish i said right? it twice but i will say it the third time in case that the directors are listening please stop okay um they're what's not, clever not brian <laughs> brian what have you been watching reading and or listening to mine will be short um watch the documentary on our father which is mm. um yeah. a uh, like reproduction doctor, you know, that helps women who can't or are having trouble conceiving back in like the, I don't know, 60s or 70s or whatever. And it, yes. and it ended up turning out like some woman, one of the women who was born out of that 
time period and is you know her mom worked with that doctor to conceive took the 23andme test that you know kind of tells you about your genealogy and stuff and found out she had a bunch of siblings that you know she wasn't aware of and it ended up leading her down this rabbit hole of oh my god this doctor's been using his own like semen to impregnate all of these women and then like over the course of the documentary they pursue him and are trying to like legally find grounds to like hold him accountable when nothing like this has ever been built into our legal code because what the fuck that doesn't happen very often and they're like trying to pursue him for assault and you know rape and you know all these different things can't really seem to pin him down and in the meantime more and more people are taking the 23andme test as it became more popular around that time and more siblings are being found and it was just like over the course of the documentary it was just crazy how how that uh story unfolded so really interesting doc there um and other um, than that i think i talked about a documentary a couple of weeks ago called baby god which was uh, basically about the same thing and then i watched our father as well um at the end of baby god what they they have that that kind of thing that documentaries do where they tell you about like different findings that have happened since they finished filming yeah. or whatever uh at the end of baby god they said that there are currently like three dozen cases of this exact same thing currently being investigated yeah. and it's crazy that two documentaries about the same topic about two separate doctors came out within two months of each other like it's just nice. it's like holy shit this is just hap yeah. has been oh, happening so this is just a thing then yeah <laughs> yeah that's so gross Creepy. and fucked yeah. up yeah so interesting doc if you want to watch something that's like totally messed up uh go do that and then uh, other than that uh just cranking modern family right now we're you know we got a, a bun in the oven so we're kind of getting into that family mindset and and just loving it and the humor's hysterical and uh just can't get enough modern family right now um Oh, 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 yeah. oh, oh. I thought oh, you were going to say just been cranking that soldier boy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, one more. Uh, we'll watch Legends, Legends of the Fall two nights oh, ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Brett it Pitt was... movie from 95, You're out your I think hair? it was. And, and it was... Yeah, I uh, just want to let you guys know the middle brother was the main character. So in your That face. was your takeaway of and that film? That you were going to do a... And it was Brad Pitt. No big deal. <laughs> I thought you were going to take uh, do a How I Met Your Mother reference. Because remember, he's like, we watched the movie last night. It was Legends of the Fall. It was okay. Uh, <laughs> it was anyway. okay. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I forgot that quote. But yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And yeah, uh, Metal Brothers, uh, plus one of Metal Brothers. So in your face. Well, I can't believe you watched yeah. that movie of all the yeah. movies available. It is so mediocre. The only thing of note about it is that Brad Pitt is he's in got it. hair <laughs> down really to like Anthony Hopkins has gravitas. Okay. What was it? So Anthony, Anthony Hopkins has some serious gravitas, so just want to show. Yeah, up. he's great. I love Hopkins, but he's also in it. I know, but that's not. All he's right. in everything. We got to wrap this. Hey, shit what up. did you watch? When we when we hear about what you watched, oh, it fucking sucked. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Jeff. What Jesus. do you got? Um, Jesus. I watched Jesus. Jesus. Um, no, I've been Passion of the Christ. I've been playing some games lately. Um, I've been picked up Portal. The Portal. Um, uh, uh, bundle on Switch for like 20 bucks. I've been playing Portal 2, um, which is very fun. It's a co op puzzle solver where you both can create portals to solve puzzles and uh, it's be clever with it. And uh, it's fun. And wow. yeah, so I enjoyed that. Um, Wait, that's on, on Switch? Switch? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna look into that because I've been wanting to play those games since they came out, and I just yeah. haven't. Only ever. Portal Two is the one that's co-op. Portal One's just a one-player game, but Portal Two is plenty of content. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up Portal. Uh, One. I don't have any friends or girlfriends or anything like that. So. I think Kelly would like this. Um, no, Kelly doesn't like anything. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Cold War. I bought it yesterday or two days ago because I have a friend who highly recommended it and wanted to play with it. So I've been playing the zombies mode exclusively on that. And I got to say, it's a nice change of pace. I love the classic zombies of, of Call of Duty, but this one's much more open world. It's got mini mini bosses um, and just really fun, natural progression. Uh, Brian, everything that we talked about in the past of like, oh, I wish I could pack a punch twice. I wish I could just make myself stronger. Like, I, it felt like someone sat the developers down and said, I absolutely love the zombies experience, but I hate that I have to donate three hours in order to get to that kind of end game content. And they said, okay, and developed a game mode where you can, feel some satisfaction in under 30 minutes. Um, really, really <laughs> fun 
stuff. What about under five minutes? It's more my speed. Yeah. I was going to say, is someone going to make a weird sex joke? Yeah. Yep. That, there it is. I, I knew it was coming. Stop fucking fish. <laughs> Other than that, um, still reading Saga. Uh, making my way through that. Um, uh, I don't think I've been up to anything else. Tyler, what about you? I have actually done a lot this week because I found a new way to pack in the entertainment. Um, eliminated sleep. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I um, I signed up for Audible and started giving audiobooks a try. And I read three audiobooks this week. Um, I read a book called The Rivers of London, which is like a supernatural detective story. It was okay. Um, I read The Shadow and Bone okay. book it was based, okay. that the TV yeah. series was based on. Uh, I like the show better. <laughs> this is the, the book is the way that she wrote it, the, the, the TV series is based on like three separate books and they're combining those, the three timelines all concurrently with, so there's a lot more going on. This book that I read was literally just one third of the story of the series. So it didn't feel like it was enough going on. You know, it just kind of was like, I was in one character's head more than I needed to be personally. So I think I'm not going to read the rest of the series. I'm just going to watch the TV series and see how that plays out. And then I read a book called between two fires, which is, uh takes place during like the dark ages um during the black plague and it has a lot to do with like religion and uh, the futility of it and it's uh pretty good and then i bought uh knights of the old republic on my um PS5? PS5? switch oh, light yeah. that that jeff gave me bequeathed unto me um and i've been playing through that for those who don't know it's a star wars game that came out in like 2003 or something like that um it's it's just a i think it came out for like the playstation one <laughs> like it's really old um but i really loved it when it came out and i've been playing through it again uh and then i started watching last night a documentary series called death lies in the internet that is several it's like six episodes and it's about different things that have taken over like the internet at any one time and kind of driven the internet into like a tailspin um i watched the first two episodes last night and uh it's just it's really interesting i think it's really well done it tells very interesting stories uh the first episode's all about like swatting and for those who don't know what that is just watch the documentary episode it it it, it will uh, inform you of that and it's kind of like how that can be really toxic and bad or yeah. is really right. toxic and bad not can be just in, uh, is right do you know what swatting is have you ever heard that term before yeah, I do. They call a SWAT team to someone else's house or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's really crazy. Um, the second one was about uh, a a person who was murdered on the streets of Washington, D.C. and how that became a conspiracy theory during the 2016 election. Um, and then the third one is about how you can fall into internet potholes, like um, – not potholes, uh, potholes, like this woman um, – just kind of like fell into the alt-right community on um on the internet and then somehow got like indoctrinated into like some nazi groups and then realized that that's what was happening and had to kind of like try to remove herself from it but like it was like sort of this brainwashing thing and like she had fallen into a cult it's very interesting um yeah, it's just a very – I really like it, so I, I highly recommend it. I love documentaries, as everybody who listens to this podcast at this point knows. So um, just expect a lot more of those coming from me. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. I don't know what the topic will be next week, but uh, we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us – be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever.